Dub Nation. Providing you with the practical tools and expert knowledge to optimize your strength, health, and mindset inside and out. With your host, Steve Katarzy. Guys, you're in for a treat today. We are joined by the one and only Adam Schaefer from Mind Pump. I've been listening to these guys for the last year and a half. In actual fact, they inspired the creation of Adaptation and this podcast. Their podcast is arguably one of the best podcasts out there today globally in the health and fitness space. They've delivered 900 podcasts today. They have a raw, honest, and fun style. They educate through entertainment, and they deliver honesty, rawness, as well as good banter. And you just can't help but to get enabled, understand more and be inspired as it relates to your health and fitness when you listen to these guys. And Adam is just such a great guy. So I was blessed to have him on this podcast today. And you're going to really want to listen into this great conversation, which goes through the creation of Mind Pump and what gap they were trying to fill, which is inspirational in its own right. You know, the risks they took, the mistakes they made, and the advice that they give to any up-and-coming digital business today. It's a real insight as to how you start and scale a modern digital business and the importance of the data to drive your revenue and funnel. We also talk about the future of Mind Pump and how they're going to be leaning in on technology like never before. And then we step into another gear and get to understand the man behind Adam. So who is he? his strengths, you know, what would his missus talk about in regards to his weaknesses and the things he struggles with, as well as what legacy is he hoping to leave behind? I love this conversation. I think Adam did too, and I'm sure you will enjoy getting this deep, interesting, unique insight into Mind Pump and Adam. Enjoy, guys. Nation. So, Adam, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Um, we were just chatting offline, but I have been hearing you for the last couple of years in my ears. So to have the conversation, <laughs> to have a conversation is pretty unique. So thanks for finding the time. Awesome, man. I'm excited. So for the for the listeners, if they haven't heard who Mind Pump is, Mind Pump is, I'd be surprised, but you guys are starting to make some big waves over here in the UK. Um, but Adam, for me, I think you're a, a great example of someone who's not too big to give. Um, Adam Nation only got started this year. And, you know, we're still uh, a fledgling in both the podcast space and generally in what we're trying to do around health and fitness. And for you to find the time to just have a conversation with us is fantastic. So really humbled to, to have this chat. Well, you know, one also, of the, oh, sorry. Go for it, Adam. Yeah, no, I just, one of the things that I think is, I think it's really important that we continue to do that, uh, especially Sal and I. We do as much as we possibly can where we will, you know, get up extra early or stay late to get on podcasts, especially a podcast like yours that's putting out a great message, especially where you guys are at, too. Um, I think more and more people uh, need to hear messages like that. And, I, and that was really the the foundation of Mind Pump was we weren't coming out trying to say that we knew everything, but we had relationships with a lot of really brilliant minds and we try to highlight them on the show and 
so we're all about giving and sharing and helping and i mean i think together we all we all rise right couldn't agree more and i'm a massive believer in you know building credible believable authentic relationships because you know we are greater than the sum of all our parts and whilst our worlds haven't collided yet we don't know at what point you know we might be able to mutually support each other and more importantly help our customers and clients so great that we're having this conversation and i just kind of wanted to backstep a little bit and kind of call out why mind pump is so special to me adam and um this might surprise you a little bit but of course, you know, you're one of the best fitness podcasts globally. You've done 900 episodes. You know, you've got a YouTube channel with 100 plus thousand followers. You've got training programs. You're an established business. I came for the training content. I came for the training insights. I think I found you through Muscle for Life, through Mike Matthews. Okay. But I've stayed for the inspiration. And I don't know. I think I feel you guys are a force for good, right? I know you talk, you know, you you, you chit chat. It feels like as if I'm in the room sometimes, just having a, a general day to day conversation with my mates. But you also deliver training content and some interesting wellness discussion. But it, it's the fact you guys, I don't know. For me, it's about taking risks. It's about having belief in yourself. It's about putting yourself out there and being vulnerable, and being a force for good. And I, I truly believe that your content, your messaging, the way you guys put your stuff out there um, extends way beyond just having a discussion around getting yourself in shape, you know, getting yourself a little bit fitter, maybe slightly more optimal. It's about, I don't know, taking the blinkers off, being self-reflective, expanding people's minds and, you know, encouraging people to take action. And that for me is why I've been listening for the last couple of years, pretty much nonstop. I mean, you guys pump out a lot of content, <laughs> yeah. but I'm, I'm there with you most of the way. That was part of the the formula was that was when we first got into the space. Well, first of all, when, when I first saw podcasting, um, I, I thought it was an, an amazing medium. Um, I had no idea until we met Doug how easy it would be to start something like this up. Like it's just not as expensive as I thought it would be. Uh, Doug had all the equipment to do it. And when we looked at all the health and fitness podcasts in our space, there really was kind of like two sides. There was, you know, academia, which was typically what I would listen to. I liked uh, the Lane Nortons. He was having doctors on there on every podcast and the Tim Ferriss and, you know, this real kind of formal uh type of podcast that you know it, it attracted the person who really wanted to grow and learn and i enjoyed that and if i was a, if you were a fitness professional you probably enjoyed those types of podcasts and then there was like pure entertainment which was like comedy stuff or you know or maybe somebody that was kind of flashy and, and got a lot of attention because of social media but they really weren't putting out great information and so we really saw this opportunity for us because we wanted to educate but through entertainment uh, we knew we weren't the smartest guys in the room, uh, nor did we think we were the funniest guys in the room either. But we definitely thought we had a message that not a lot of people were telling at that time. You know, for the most part in the fitness industry, and I've been a part of it for 17 years, Sal 20 years, Justin 16. You know, the formula has always been, you know, you, you do whatever you can to build a network of people. And then you attach yourself to a supplement brand and, and you sell supplements to people because it's a monthly reoccurring thing that they have to get. And, 
you know, there's lots of science floating around that we can use to say that, oh, you need this and oh, you need that. And that's been kind of like the formula for a really long time. And, you know, a lot of us, when we got together, that was one of the first things that we were just adamant about dispelling because it's like, man, I don't think I've ever had a client that I put them on some supplement stack and that was what changed their life. In fact, it never happened. And if there was people, in fact, most of the time, most people didn't stick with it. And that was because a lot of what we focused on, the scale or aesthetics, how we looked, uh, wasn't making long-term change in people's lives. And it took us years to figure that out. I mean, I, you know, we, you know, on the show, we openly discuss uh, the bad decisions that we made and the things that we were wrong about as trainers as we were coming through. And that, I think there's a part of that that really motivates us. I think there's a part that we almost feel guilty for the first half of our career that we kind of fell into the, the trap or the, the stigma with this, you know, okay, we just, you tell people whatever they need to hear to get them committed to, to you financially. But when you look back, you go like, man, I really don't think I'm helping that many people. At least that's how it was for me. You know, and we, I was known for being a number one or top trainer in the company for a, a really long time. And, you know, I remember reflecting one day going like, you know, I got all these cool trophies that say I'm the best. And when I think back to all the people that I supposedly have helped, you know, probably less than 20 or 30% of them did I really fundamentally change their lives. And I think that's not, that's not really good. I'm not batting very well if that's, if that's what the number one guy looks mm -hmm. like. And it really was because it was based off of sales and revenue for the company. It wasn't really geared around changing people's lives. And so I think it was at that moment when I really started to dig deeper, and this was well before Mind Pump ever existed or I met Sal or Justin, but we all kind of individually came to that same conclusion at one point in our career and went on this just diving deeper and deeper into the science and trying to find ways to really help clients out. And the deeper we went, the more we realized that it was it was more psychological than anything else. And I think that's a lot of what we we preach or talk about on the show is that, you know, we can sit here and we can help you guys, you know, filter through the science that is getting presented to you. But at the end of the day, most of that stuff's being presented to you because they're trying to market and sell you. And really, there's something deep inside of you that you need to figure out first if you're going to get long-term results. And I think that was kind of the recipe for the success. And we did this through an entertaining fashion, right? So we come into this locker room type of conversation where there's nothing scripted. People ask that all the time. Like, we have no idea what we're going to talk about. Uh, we just, the, between the three of us, we just have so much experience in the field that we're just not, la we're, we're never lacking uh, content to talk about. And, you know, that show just kind of took off. We, we started growing pretty rapidly and, you know, we knew that our formula was going to be, we're going to drown the competition that was out there with better free content than anybody else. And that was kind of what we did. We just, and it wasn't great at first. I mean, I've, I've just the other day, Katrina pulled up an old episode that we did. It was like number 13 or 17 or something. And I just was cringing how terrible <laughs> I thought we sounded. But we knew that. We knew that we none of us had got, had radio or TV backgrounds. And, you know, no one no one expected, a, no one, none of us expected that we were going to come out and just be great at it. We, we knew we would evolve and work at our craft. I knew all the gentlemen that I went into business with that, they just took a lot of pride in personal growth and bettering themselves. And so I knew that we would all analyze what we're doing and saying and get better and sharpen our skills and read and learn more and more. And 
you know, really the the 900 episodes have just been reps to get us to this place where now I feel a lot more comfortable doing what we're doing. You know, to be honest, I think when I listen back to those pod, those old episodes, I mean, shit, we were probably nervous as hell. We were nervous, didn't know what we were, didn't know what we were doing. We just knew we had really good information to present to people, and we were doing it in a way that I don't think anybody else really was at our time. And I think that's what really resonated with a lot of people. And I would say not just the the content and the locker room style of discussion, the vulnerability, all of that stuff is great. They are fundamentally the reasons why I think people tune in. But I think if anyone's got an ounce of um, ambition, in, um, wants to be inspired, wants to take action, just hearing people, you know, taking that massive step, as you say, you know, driving down a motorway and changing all four wheels at the same time, you dive straight into this industry, learn as you went along. And as a result, the last couple of years worth of, you know, hard graft, you are delivering a interesting, engaging, thought provoking and inspiring uh, medium of, of digital. So um, I'm honestly, I'm, I can't say enough good things about both you, Adam and the team. I think what you guys are delivering is fantastic. I do do think, obviously, it's it's becoming more radio show like. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, but how do you find? Where do you think the direction of travel in terms of that dialogue is going on the podcast? Because, yeah, some people just want to come for the content; others want to come for the discussion. Yeah, that's a that's a really good converse, or that's a really good uh, question because that has completely evolved. Um, I love where it's at now. It, it does feel, it, it feels more produced, which I know you're always going to get a little bit of backlash from that, right? I mean, it's just like a band when they first start off and, and you know, only 100 people know about them and they feel like and they're a sensation and everyone's like, oh, they feel so they're like they're a part of them because they were a part of that. We have that with Mind Pump too. We have a core group of people that have been with us since day one and when the show changes a little bit or evolves a bit, you know, there's always a little bit of backlash. Oh, I mm-hmm. wish you guys were just like this and, you know, swore all the time. And we just, you guys talked about, I mean, we talked about crazy shit when we first started. It was really a shock and awe type of approach. And really what the... You've dumbed it down, have you? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <We've> t- <laughs> yes. If you go back, it was, we had some really inappropriate... Okay, maybe type. I need to go do that. <laughs> oh, God, please don't. You know, this. well, we the very first t-shirt we ever made was Zero Fucks. And that was our attitude coming into this was we do, we know that we were providing superior content and information, not produce better or that we were smarter, but that what we were we were pulling back the curtains for everybody. We were going to share all the trade secrets. We were going to tell how people make money. We were going to say it all. So we weren't afraid to talk about anything. And I think the the choice to do all these crazy type of topics was to show our vulnerability, to show how open we were, also to show our diversity that we could kind of go anywhere. But that has definitely evolved. I think that, you know, we've refined uh, the conversation more. Um, There's little things that happened along the way. So at one point, and I think it was around, uh, I want to say episode 400 or so, I don't know how far back you were listening, but at one point we realized that we had almost divided our audience. There was about 50% of our people that were there literally just for the science. Like, that's all they wanted to hear. They didn't want to hear our stupid comments. They didn't want to hear political talk. They didn't want to hear us 
argue about stuff or talk like a bunch of bros in, our, in the locker room talk at the beginning. They just wanted us to get down to the nitty gritty, tell us the science. We trust that you guys are providing good information. That's all we want to hear. And then we had the other half. There was literally almost a split divide of people that actually weren't even that much into fitness or didn't give a shit about the fitness content. They just loved hearing the conversations because you have three intelligent guys that don't agree on everything that are willing to go back and forth and have discussion about any topic. And we would touch third rails all the time. So we had another half of the audience that that's all they wanted. And so there was this, this point where we were like, what do, what do we do? We talked about possibly having a second show and, and doing that all like one being all banter, the other one being all science. And, you know, at one point I said, you know, let's just do this. Why don't we record like we always do? We're not going to format or change anything, but at the end of the show, let's do our introduction. Cause at, at that time, Sal used to introduce us. He'd come in and say what mind pump was kind of about. And then we'd go into a topic and we'd just go and then end the show. So what we started to do was let's just do what we do. Doug's over there keeping track of time and, and paying attention to when we go from the banter and we transition into the science, he keeps track of the time. And so then what we would do, and he also takes notes while we're, while we're talking. So when we have topics, if we're talking about Elon Musk, that was just in the news or what's going on with cryptocurrency or, you know, whatever's going on with the political race, whatever stuff that we're talking about, that's more locker room talk. He would keep track of those topics. And then at the end of the show, we would then record the intro. And in the intro, we would tell the audience what to expect and what time that we get into the science. That way, if you're somebody who just doesn't want to hear any of that shit, you could fast forward right to the minute that, okay, they, this is where they start getting into the fitness and science stuff. And then if you're somebody who just wants the pure entertainment and the day-to-day -day news type of BS, that you knew that, hey, for the first 42 minutes, that's it. And then they get into science and then you can turn it off because you don't care about the science. So that was probably one of the most pivotal things that I think we did as far as uh, the production or producing the show more. And I think it was uh, one of the best things that we did. And I'm sure at the beginning uh, when we did that, we, we got a little bit of pushback from our audience. But overall, I think people appreciate that because it's true. We have a, almost a split audience of people that want to hear the banter and then another half of the people that want to hear the science. So that was definitely um, a pivotal moment for us to, to, to come up with that and make that transition. I also think that we did something that was really unique in comparison to a lot of other podcasts, which is most podcasts, you know, when you think of the Joe Rogans, the Tim Ferrises, the Gary V's, a lot of these people that have really big podcasts, most of them have built their audience off of getting other big name interviews on their show. And we really built our core audience without any interviews. The first year we didn't do any. And then even the second year, most of them were like friends or people that we knew. So it wasn't like, you know, big name people that you were tuning in here. So I think that's really helped us. It's allowed us to grow slowly and get better at our craft because we had this loyal base of people that believed in our cause, believed in the message that we were giving and have stuck with us since we've started. And now that we've got to a place where the, the show is large enough that, you know, most anybody that we reach out to for the most part uh, will want to come on the show because it's great pub for themselves. So, you know, I think that really helped 
was building this this loyal audience off of answering their questions, engaging with them, um, adding value to their lives, which was so key. And I, I tell this to anybody that's building a podcast or a digital business is it's so important that you you don't stress and think about how exactly you're going to make money and you think more about how can you provide the most amount of value to your audience. And because we've we defined our why early on with that and we've stuck with that, that's been our North Star and I think it's served us really well. In fact, we had a program to sell well before we ever sold it. I mean, Sal, before we even met, had already created Maps Anabolic and that's what got us together. And when we had a, a decent sized audience, there was an opportunity for us to put it out there and sell right away. And we just, no, we're not ready yet. Like, let's let's keep providing value to these people. And it got to a point where we had added so much value and provided so much content, and we are now at this point, where it's almost impossible for someone to consume all of it. So when someone gets on and we're talking like we are now, and they say like, man, Adam, I just can't, I apologize, I can't listen to everything. Like, Fuck, I know you, I can't. That was the goal. The goal was to provide so much free content that you possibly can't consume it all. I mean, there's five blogs a week to go out. There's five podcast episodes that go out a week. There's three to five YouTubes that go out a week. There's a newsletter that goes out. There's a fitness tip of the day that goes out. I mean, yeah, it's, in, and then on top of that, we're engaged on social media and our, our private forum. Like, I know it's impossible. And that was the idea was that we would provide that much value to these people that when we decided to monetize or we decided to put something out there, that we would get the response that we got, which was, you know, people were buying the program out of support. You know, yes, they trusted that these guys are badass at programming. I believe these guys have got good information. They're science-based. Um, people get great results, yada, yada. We get all that stuff. But I really believe the reason why it was as successful as it was was because we went with this, we're going to provide so much value. We're going to drown these people with free good content that when we decide to put something out there to make money that they'll they'll never block at. In fact, I was just sharing this the other day that even all of our programs, if you've listened to every episode, you can build the programs. We lay out the uh, the formula, the blueprint. We answer any question that people ask about programming or related to writing programs or how we make them like so the the answers are all there for free. It's so really the people are paying just to get it organized for them or to support what are what we're doing and that's really is what has carried us this far and I, I think that patience adam is i think it's respected and appreciated from most people i was only speaking to the wife this morning and we we're talking about our frustrations of podcasts that either have you know blatant interrupt advertisements halfway through their 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 content or you know they spend the first five ten minutes you know doing their own sales pitches about uh, their their supported sponsors and as a, as a listener you understand why of course you monetize you monetize in a podcast but it doesn't mean you like it and the fact that you guys took your time to build uh your 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 the way in which you engage with each other that was authentic that was a conversation uh the fact that you didn't rush to make money and how you've chosen to, you know, be selective on how you monetize the, the podcast in a way which is, you know, clear and, you know, quite visceral to your clients. I think that's respected. And, you know, I too, Adam, I mean, this is maybe where it might be good just to throw some um, parallels between you and I. 
Um, we're about the same age. I'm 37 years old. Um, I've been a successful salesman over the last 15 or so years. I've spent most of my time in tech startups, specifically in the security domain. And um, yeah, one of the best globally, commanded a big, significant uh, salary. But the question I was always asking myself is, am I happy with my contribution? Mm. You know, am I am I satisfied as I as I kind of look back when I'm older that not only was I good at my job and I earned good money and I enjoyed being good at my job, but did I fulfill something bigger than me? And I couldn't answer that question. I knew the answer was no. And then when when I or anyone else decides to pivot into something else that's either their own or kind of helps, you know, it feels like they're following their passion. If you're following your passion, you've got to start with that versus follow your nose to the money. Right. And I'm not saying you can't build a successful business business that adds value but starts with the money. But if you start with your passion, your desire, your commitment, your belief and adding value and let it organically monetize, that's what I sense from you guys has happened. And as a result, I think you've got a really authentic relationship with your customers. Yeah, I think that that's for sure uh, part of the success. I mean, we... It was tough too at the very beginning because you know the programs, the the program at the time, Maps Anabolic was the only one that we had. Uh, gave us our first little nudge where we moved out of Doug's living room into a tiny little three hundred square foot, um, you know, studio that we built out. Tiny little thing that we were all crammed into for a couple hundred bucks a month, and that really got us moving, but we weren't making, and none of, all of us were still doing other things on the side. We could, the, the podcast could not support any of us by any means. And we had enough traction to where we were selling some programs. We were getting some attention and now sponsors were coming along. And something that we all agreed on from the very beginning was that absolutely are we not going to sell out to just the, the first company or any company by that means that's going to come by and throw money at us to advertise. And that was tough because, you know, we had some some pretty nice pot or some pretty nice brands like Cellucor that were coming at us really early. And we turned down everybody. I mean, and, and it was just because everybody that was coming at us were these supplement companies, because that's how most people make their money in the space. And only for a moment do I think that did we like contemplate it where it's like, do we want to do something like this? Are there some of these products that we could use or would use? And all of us were like, nah, we can't, we can't convolute our message with what we're trying to do here. And you know, if we continue plugging away at what we believe in and growing this thing the right way and continuing to add true value to people's lives, it'll eventually come. And we really believe that. And it was about a year after conversations like that of not, again, not taking on any sponsorships. Did we finally get to a size where if we did bring on a sponsor, there was a huge response from the audience and the the company would love us after that. And we'd have a great, we'd have a lot of success. And so that gave us this leverage to be able to go out and look for the company. So now when you see anything that we talk about, none of these companies are companies that have come to us and said, hey, we want to advertise on their show. We all have got things that either one of us has been introduced to, we've used a product or there's something that we really like or we think that it can add value. And then we go, hey, I really love this. Let's reach out to this company and let's talk to them. 
And so it started off with us like calling these people or t- calling the CEOs of certain companies and saying, hey, listen, I, you probably never heard of us or this health and fitness podcast. We have a very loyal audience. We really like what you have to offer. You know, Justin uses it. I use it. Sal uses it. It's something that uh, we think our audience would really appreciate and enjoy. You know, would you be willing to do a couple episodes with us and let us show you your return on that? And then we can go from there. And that's really how most of these relationships started with a lot of the companies that we work with now. And we do. We look for outliers. Many of the companies that we have done business with, we were the first podcast they ever did. A lot of people, at least over here, I don't know what it's like where you're at. But over here, podcasting is still a new medium to advertise on. I mean, you don't. Yeah, we're a few years behind you, I think. Okay, so yeah, it's yeah. It, you know, hang in there. It's and it's still, I, I st- we're still not there. I mean, the big brands, like you're still not seeing, you're still seeing most of them advertise on TV and radio. And those of us that are in this medium are over here yelling and saying like, it's dead. TV's dead. Radio's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, podcasting conversion rate is significantly higher. Um, but a lot of these companies haven't figured that out yet. And there's only, there's only a handful of them out there. So we really had to go after companies that we liked, regardless if they were doing advertising on podcasting and convince them that, listen, this is a really good medium. Your product aligns really well with our message and what we're talking about, you know, give us a try and and let us show you. And so, and and that took a while to gain some traction, but you know, now it's really cool. Now we have a department taylor handles all that side of the business and that's his job he's every day he's in communication with companies that we potentially want to work with and everybody's different we do different things with different people not not all the time is it about money sometimes it's really about a company that we we really like and we like what they're doing a good example that would be like mir you know i'm drinking out of one of their coffee cups right now and we didn't do any sort of monetary exchange for that company but we love the message that they have. We love their product. We love that they give back uh, every time you purchase any of their stuff. They're donating water to somewhere that they can't get water to, and so they got a really cool brand that they're that they're uh, they're growing and they're slowly getting there. And we want to help help that. And the model that we've built has always been around that. It's been this, you know, we're not afraid to highlight other people and help other companies out. And I think that was another part of the secret sauce of mind pump is, you know, I think in fitness and in a lot of business, and I'm sure you, cause you've been in sales, you know, this too, there's, there tends to be this competitiveness and scarcity mindset of, mm-hmm. you know, Oh, I don't want to help you out. I'm because, winning. You're losing. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's, and which when I was younger, I think that used to frustrate me. It used to get me upset and I was never like this. Now that I'm older and wiser, I think, wow, this is great. This is opportunity for us. These All these silly guys and girls are fighting over each other and thinking that there's not enough for everyone to go around. We're just going to blow by everybody because we're going to go help everybody. And I think we really surprised a lot of people when we started highlighting other trainers and other fitness people and other people that have programs that they sell online. I mean, we bring them on the show all the time. We highlight them on the YouTube channel and you know, we weren't afraid to do that. And it reminded me of when I was a a manager for 24-Hour Fitness and I always had a staff of 15 to 20 trainers underneath me. And I used to, you know, take vacation. And when I take vacation, I keep my clients moving and, and training and I'd, I'd give them to my trainers and say, hey, train my clients for the next week or two. And it would help them with their hours so they were making more money. 
And I used to get trainers all the time that said like, you, do you really trust so-and-so to train your client? Or why would you do that? Or aren't you afraid that they're going to steal your client? And I thought, no, no. I, I mean, if they do, I said, that's two really good things for me as, as the boss and the leader. I said, mm-hmm. if I give a client of mine a way to, or you know, present them for somebody else to potentially steal them for me, I said, and they do. Two things I've learned from that. One, I've got a hell of a trainer that works for me because he has the he or she has the ability to take a client of mine and I'm the boss. So that's fucking awesome. Or what great feedback on myself. Like, oh, I must be really fucking dropping, dropping the ball because my client meets this other trainer and now they would train with them after they've been training with me for months or years. So I never looked at it like a negative thing. Like it's, it was a, it was a great feedback for me as a boss and as a leader. And I look at the same thing with all these people that we present and we help and we highlight on our show is, man, if I can help put these people out there and if our, if somebody who's listening to our show has never purchased anything from me, but I introduced them to somebody like a Paul check, who's got an incredible, you know, online, online program for trainers and they and you purchase that and it changes your life, like that's still a win for me. I mean, I don't know, I made the dollars off of it, but I was the one who introduced you to that person. Like that's a, that's huge. And I think most people would be forever grateful for that. And so I think that it's crazy that not a lot of people think like this, but again, it left a lot of room for opportunity for Mind Pump to come out. I mean, if you watch right now, what you're going to see on our YouTube channel I just hired a kid right now who's going to be working for us who I don't think you're going to see me on the YouTube channel much more ever again. My goal was never to become this, you know, big YouTube star or or podcast or Insta famous or any of that shit. Like, I hope people find Mind, t- mind Pump in three to five years and you don't even really know who the fuck I am. Mm-hmm. It, it's never. And that's been a common theme amongst the four of us owners was this was never about us. It was about something much greater. And so we've all been able to put our egos aside as we grow this thing. And we're always about bringing other people in and highlighting them and, and bringing them up. And, you know, that's really what's going on where we're at now is we're beginning to get to a point where we can kind of scale out of a lot of things and highlight other people. And especially if it's somebody who's presenting really good information and uh, leave it to where just the four of us, Doug, hopefully will just be sitting behind the the computer and producing. And then Sal, Justin, and I will just have to talk on these mics. And then the rest of the business is being operated and ran by people far better than all of us. You've done, you've said a couple of things there that really resonate with me, Adam. Firstly, you know, this idea of a scarcity mindset. I get it. I've been there. I've been, I've wanted to trounce over the competition and not let them, you know, wind share of market but the reality is especially in the you know the fitness and wellness space is that you can't be an expert on every domain right nor can you service every person right (laughs) and it's a huge huge industry and if you're focused on really innovating in in zeros right looking at an industry which for the most part makes a lot of cash um, with very little return on investment, right? You know, when you right. look through, whether it be the, you know, the gym chains, through to the supplements, through to the fat loss diets and shakes and so forth, much of what what is bought may be sold and purchased with good intentions, but the the net result is 
there's not a lot of outcome, right. I don't think, you know, at, at a global scale. Um, so we need to solve for that, which is, you know, how can we meaningfully enable people to just lead a healthier, happier, more capable life? And it's hitting on the, you know, the, the pillars of nutrition and exercise and sleep and, uh, you know, mindset. And I think mm. you guys are doing a great job of that. So the scarcity mindset piece, I'm so glad you guys are engaging and really being an aggregator of great content you know being able to showcase latest research point towards people that know better than you you know let's face it you guys aren't phd you know right uh, individuals uh you know in, in with your science labs just you know doing doing work all the time you guys are taking insights from others passing on to your audience in a way which they understand and are bringing on those experts to dig deep when when they want to scratch that itch so i think that's great the second thing you said, Adam, that really resonated with me, and I, I just kind of wanted to pick on this a little, was you spoke about after about a year or so, you reached, started reaching out to a few brands that you thought you know there was a common interest, um, and it just made me chuckle because you know as as a sales guy myself, I've spent you know about the last six seven months not selling. And that's a foreign experience, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the idea of giving everything everything away for free, chatting not necessarily having metrics that are in, in any way, shape or form quarterly dead or, or, or you know, uh, monetized in any way. <clears throat> and only recently starting reaching out to brands and, you know, folks like you guys and trying to, you know, present value to both sides for us to get speaking. Finally, <laughs> I, got my, I got my sales on again and that, that felt liberating and it felt <laughs> like me again. Did, did that, was that similar to you guys, right? You know, when you did start presenting yourself to these brands, and quite frankly, having to present a bigger opportunity and a bigger brand of your own for them to take attention. Did oh. you kind of enjoy getting back into the oh. swing of things when it comes to selling? 100%. So, I mean, again, we're extremely authentic and transparent about the business. And I have no problem sharing with people. I'm very money motivated. I've been since I was a kid. I'm sure a lot of that is because I I had kind of a, troubling or challenging childhood and we didn't have a lot of things and so i've been driven since i was a young kid and uh when i had a lot of success um as a as a manager of trainers and fitness leaders uh, a lot of that was because i was a numbers guy i used to love to dive into the analytics and it and it was a a way to separate myself in the space because when i came into training 16 plus years ago the what made a great trainer was the most knowledgeable trainer or the most fit best looking trainer and i i had a passion for numbers and math and and i worked for a big company that had a lot of analytics and when i got into the leadership role i was blown away by all the metrics that they could provide me and i thought wow Nobody before me was really teaching these trainers how to make money. Everybody was kind of speaking to a couple things or stuff related to nutrition and, and to supplementation and programming and, you know, exercise design stuff. But nobody was really talking about how do you guys make more money? And I was fascinated by that. And I thought, well, that's what really motivated me was, wow, I get to do something that I really like doing and I can make good money doing it. And so what made me unique or different in my space at that time was I would take trainers and I'd sit them down and I'd say, hey, how much money do you want to make this month? 
And they'd be like, well, uh, and they'd just say some arbitrary number. I said, no, really, like, what's a realistic number you would like to make? We're going to sit down and we're going we're gonna to break that down together. And I would sit down with them and I would break it all the way down because we had these, we had, the company had provided these analytics. I knew that, you know, the company would get X amount of walk-ins the gym per day. I knew that X amount of those people would or would not have personal training prior to that. I knew that X amount of those people didn't know that they were what they were doing. I know X amount of those people would uh, take an opportunity to see a trainer for free for an hour. And out of those people, X amount of those people would close and, and buy X amount of dollars worth of training. And I had that. I had that number. And I could so I could walk instead of and a lot of trainers don't like sales. A lot of them are scared to ask for the money and they didn't get into it for that side. And so I really helped them with the sales side of the business and said, stop looking at it like sales. It's just effective communicating. All you're really doing is learning how to communicate your information really well. And that's all that sales really is. And so stop looking at it like you got to take money or it's like a dollar thing. And I would unpack it all the way to where it's about how many people that you need to impact or talk to. So instead of like giving, and this is what most people would do is you'd have 20 trainers that work for you. You have this total goal of a hundred thousand dollars a month that I have to hit. And I would say, okay, you know, instead of saying, you know, you know, Susan and Paulo and Ronnie, you have to, you have to, you know, write $10,000 of revenue. I would say, listen, you need to talk to 115 people this month. Okay. You need to talk to 75 people this month. And I would give them very, very easy goals to obtain. And if they would to just go through the motions and do that, and the numbers would present themselves, they would say, oh, wow, look at I made the, the total dollar amount that I want to. And then I could go back and sharpen their skills. Okay, let's talk about how we get your people to show up more often. Now let's talk about when it does come to the sales process, things to say and not to say. If you were doing the work like I taught you, I knew that I could generate the revenue that you wanted to make, and then I could go back and I could help you develop your skills. I could go back and teach you more nutrition. I could teach you to be a better trainer. I could teach you all these other things. But most people weren't doing that. So absolutely, when we got to the place in this business, this is where my strength lies. Um, this is what I love to do. Um, every night I'm in the numbers, I'm and, and I'm like in heaven with all the different analytics that so much to the point where I'm still learning them. So I have, we've got a marketing team that we've hired and we've had them for now eight or nine months. And I go over there, you know, they're not in the same location as we are. And so I'll head over to their offices once a week or so and just get them to sit down and just dive into all of our analytics, all of our email opt-ins and what who's viewing what on our website and what percentage of people are reading what blogs and, you know, what happens when we drop these types of episodes. Like, I love that stuff. It really, I don't know what it is about that, but I mean, I love movies like The Moneyball. I like uh -huh. taking things like that and breaking them down to the, the simplest form and then focusing on those little details. And we've now Adam, got you. You, yeah. you would you would love working in technology startups where it's <laughs> where, where it's all that, right? I mean, the details that you have, you know, they just scratch the surface of what's available when you've got you know hundreds of millions to make billions, right? How how you can get into the detail of your your sales funnel and yes. understand exactly that conversion process, and it becomes an absolute science. 
And it sounds like you've kind of you've worked out those scientific elements of initially personal training, right? You know, what does my funnel look like? You know, what needs to come at the top to get the cash that I need at the bottom? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a different world when it comes to um, converting online inquiries, you know, oh, an amount of sales calls, and then how you kind of structure a, you know, weekly, monthly, quarterly sales plan for people in the tech industry. Um, it's it's mind, mind-blowing. But what I wanted to ask you, actually, on this subject is, like I've I've started to receive lots of you know lots of data, whether it's from Google Analytics or you know from the podcast platform, the website itself, and the other conversion areas. I'm not selling anything at the moment, so I don't have. Uh, I'm not awash with data, but I can already see there's more data that I could possibly engage with. So how do you take all of that disparate information, all of these um, separate funnels or separate? Um, analytics platforms and make sense of it because there's you know you can you can metric everything in the digital space now oh but yeah. what matters oh yeah no it's it and it and i'll tell you what the last year of it has been uh, borderline overwhelming but i like that i mean i i mean it's challenged the shit out of me and i and i have really enjoyed the process and we just was it last month or the month before so the last 30 to 60 days we purchased hubspot and I think mm-hmm. that is going to be the evolution of of the company because it will allow us to do so much more in what we're talking about right now. And on the HubSpot, I can actually create a dashboard of the the analytics that I want to see, and it aggregates it from all the other platforms. That's one of the one of the things now is like if you pull up my computer, my you know my tabs are crazy. It's I've got like fifteen different things that I'm looking into. I'm looking at Google Analytics. I'm looking at Facebook. I'm looking at Libsyn. I'm looking at Kajabi. I'm looking at... It gets a bit too much, doesn't oh, it, right? Yeah, it's crazy. You can you can definitely uh, drown yourself in the analytics. And, you know, really quickly, I think people can get um, paralysis by analysis. And that is something that I've had to kind of work my way through and figure out, okay, what are the, the numbers that I'm looking at that matter the most to me right now or or picking an area of the business that I really want to try and focus on right now uh, is been what I've done in the past. So, you know, a big part of this business right now that is evolving and changing is just the 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 back end of like the email marketing and, and newsletters and things that we have going out. Uh, we when we first built the podcast, one of the biggest mistakes that we made was we didn't really capture emails. We just were putting out free content and getting an audience. And we were just like, okay, the top of the funnel for us is the podcast. It's just, let's just get as many people listening to the podcast. And then the bottom of the funnel will be the, uh, the programs. Now, the problem with that when we, after we got going for a long time was it relied so much on the podcast to drive revenue that I used to have to make sure that I was collaborating with eight to 10 po- other podcasts like you're doing right now with us in order to drive X amount of dollars a month. So at that time, the, the company was doing about $50,000 a month in revenue. And I knew that, okay, if we if we saw eight other podcasts uh, or had collaborated with eight other podcasts, that I could keep that that revenue roughly between that number, 40 to 60 is where about where it would hover around if I could do that. And the minute we where let- you, Where you would have this kind of passive- Income. Uh, opt opt in from the podcast listeners hearing your promo of a program and taking their own initiative to go 
find it on your website and buy it. Exactly. So that, that was that was how you were making your money previously. Exactly. And that, then things started to change. Right. So that was that was the main way that we want something too that we should clear up because we didn't really discuss it when we when we glazed over the podcast advertising. If you're a listener and you're thinking about starting a podcast and your thoughts are your main source of income is going to come from podcast advertising, you're going to have a really fucking hard time. Mm. because that's nowhere near the money that we make from programs selling your own stuff. Program sales trumps that by five times. So the and we're just now getting to a place where I mean last year we did under 20 grand in the entire year of advertising. Now this year we'll do significantly more than that, but we're also at a much larger size and we're 4 years deep and 900 episodes in. So a lot of people that start thinking that advertising is going to be their the main source. Of, yeah. yeah, no. I can sit back and see the cash come in. Yeah. Right. No, not at all. I mean, it's and, and honestly, like we don't even look at it as a real main source of revenue. Even the amount that it's generating now, it really supports the team of people that keep it going. So what it's done for us is it's really allowed us to to onboard people that we see very valuable to the team and pay them a good salary. It really doesn't put that much more money in the owner's pockets at all. So anyways, that was the formula. The formula was, okay, if we collaborated with, you know, eight to 10 podcasts, it would generate X amount. Now, obviously there's, there's an individual variance to that. So if I get somebody who's got a lot of cred, like a Brendan Schaub from fighter and the kid, like he would, he would, someone with that big of a name coming on our show would, drive more revenue than somebody who nobody has heard of before. So, you know, if they were moderately in size and I did eight to 10, that would generate that kind of revenue. And that put a lot of pressure on us. That's why we traveled a lot at the beginning because we would make it really easy for people to not turn us down. Like, hey, listen, we'll come to you and we'll fly in and we'll, you know, podcast with you. And we would try and line up like eight to 15 podcasts wherever we were at, whatever city we were at. And we would collaborate with all these people and, and at the beginning, a lot of the collaborating was just having you on our show. Like, that's how we went. Like, it was, let's have them on our show. Let's start the relationship. And then, you know, hopefully one day they'll have us on their show. And so that would do enough to, to keep that revenue right about where it was at. Well, that kept us going for the first, like, year and a half, two years. Well, once we started monetizing. So the first year, no monetization. Year two, we started monetizing. For about a year and a half, that was the formula. And then just last year was when we hired the marketing team and we just started to capture emails and we slow. And I think we're up to, I think, uh, I think we're around 50,000 uh, e emails now, which is not very much, but we're adding 2000 a week. So we're moving pretty quick now as far as how much we're adding as far as email opt-ins. But up until that point, we weren't really generating any sort of revenue out on the web. We weren't capturing anybody from Google. We weren't capturing anybody from Facebook. None of that. Everything was through the podcast. So it had a lot of pressure on that. Now we're at a place where Facebook advertising and our um, email opt-ins are generating um, almost double the revenue that the podcast is. So, it has allowed us to, we don't have as much pressure to where we have to go find, which is really nice. Now we can kind of like select the guests that we really want to present to our audience at that time, whatever, what we're trying to do. Uh, we don't have to travel as much. It has really allowed us to kind of really focus more back in the business on the things that we want to do to evolve it because we now have this, 
you know, automated, you know, back end that is constantly generating revenue through Facebook advertising and through our email, op- our email opt-ins. But that took, uh, you know, we hired the advertising company. It was three to four months of dumping money into it, not seeing return from it, slowly getting it going, the learning curve of how we do it, like what, how we create, and it's still not even all the way there. I mean, when, when I look at the percentage of conversions from it, it's really, you know, it's not great at all. And it's not great because it's very generic still right now. We, we are just now starting to segment our emails and our audience. And this is something that HubSpot is allowing us to do really well. So I can now start to speak to those people. So right now we have like this general message that's kind of going out to all these people that come in. Well, that sucks when you think about it, because if you think that what we're building is a virtual version of what I've done my whole career, when I get somebody who walks in the gym and I sit them down and I talk to them, the conversation that I have with, you know, Susie, who's 42 years old, had three kids, 30 pounds overweight, never worked out before, is completely different than what I have with 19-year-old Tommy who's mm. playing college basketball and wants to increase his vertical and build some muscle. Like, that conversation is totally different. Well, right now, those two people could opt into our email and they're getting kind of the same message. And we're still converting at a good rate to where the company is growing. But the problem is we haven't refined the, the message to those people. That is going to be one of the biggest things that we do going in through the next, you know, the next year. That's huge for us. And I'm excited to see how those numbers start to change. Right now, it's getting us by. It's keeping revenue going. Yes, we're driving. and Yes, we're growing. But I don't. when I look at it, I go, we're nowhere near optimizing that, which to this point, this brings me up to a, a talk that I had at a mastermind group. I spoke at uh, Vince Del Monte's mastermind group. And afterwards, I had people walking up to me because they were asking my Facebook analytics. And when they heard how well they were doing, they said, well, why aren't you dumping more money into that? And I said, well, it's because I know I can two to three X the revenue that we're making a month on Facebook right away, just by pumping more money into it. But I also know that I'm not doing those people a good service like I feel we are with the podcast. The podcast, we have this different medium that we can sit down and we can talk for an hour and a half. We can give really good information. If you fall into, if you read a, a blog that Sal wrote and it's out on the, on the web, you've never heard of Mind Pump, but you read a, an incredible blog that he writes, then you opt in and then you get into our email, uh, our emailing sequence and it's a generic email. I don't care if you're converting at a decent rate that I can make money or not. I care that I'm not presenting to you the information that is most valuable to you. And so here's another example of a mistake I see a lot of businesses make in this position. We easily could be two to three Xing that revenue. All the numbers support it. Now, luckily for me, I have an extremely tight relationship with our marketing guy and he knows our message, what's important to us. It's not just about cranking up and making more money. It's about delivering a product to people that is undeniably so valuable that you have no problem spending X amount of dollars on whatever it is that we have to offer. And right now, those people that are opting in from blogs or Facebook advertisement, those people are sure they're getting some some good information, but not as good of information that I know we're capable of giving them. And so that's being refined right now. And it's really cool to build that process where 
you know, Cassie's on the back end. She gets some sort of an email that says a question. They've never listened to Mind Pump, but they opted in somewhere. They, they got X, Y, Z. They want a question. Well, I've answered X, Y, and Z. You know, two years ago, I did a YouTube on it. One year ago, Sal wrote a blog on it. Six months ago, we did three different podcast episodes on it, but I haven't been able to capture or, or collect all that and and uh, categorize it to provide it for that person. But we have it. So that that's awesome, Adam. I'm I'm impressed. You know, you're talking about highly mature, uh, bespoke communication to your clients based on the fact that you've just got enormous amounts of content and you just want to be able to sequence that content to the customer in a way which matches where they're at today that that blows my mind in terms of how you're going to do it (laughs) but the fact that you feel that you've got you know hubspot and the very system that might enable you to sequence through just a huge catalog of messages you've already delivered uh, yeah, I'm excited to see how you do that just from a business perspective and more importantly for the customers to be able to get a um, to get a, a, a timely communication in line with where their life is right now. I mean, right now, Adam, I'm actually doing something. I have, I, I have an objective to put out some kind of transformation program that I'm kind of working through right now. And I'm trying to deliver a thoughtful, holistic um basically trying to codify my life, the things I've done well, the things I've made mistakes on and trying to accelerate someone who wants to, you know, fix some areas of their life. But it has to in its just because of the nature of how I'm delivering this, it's going to have to be generic in its sequencing. And I'm going to have to hope people follow along and things that they've already heard or they don't want to hear that they feel comfortable passing that by. Um, But where the juice is, is being able to deliver a, a program at scale uh, in an automated digital way that gives customers the information they need when they need it. Right. So really, really excited about what you guys are doing. Oh man, you're it's I'm excited too. I mean, it, and I just had it was all, had a call with Anne, who works on our customer service side on the back end, and a lot of her job is to point you know people in the right direction of oh this program's best for you this or that. And I had to remind her. I said, listen, I know your job is to convert these things, but I care less about that. If someone's asking you a question and you know that we have provided that answer somewhere, whether it be a blog, whether it be, you know, a YouTube or a podcast episode or a fitness tip or an article that Sal's written, I care about giving that free information to them. I want you to to give them as much of that. And then again, categorize it because it's you're going to you're going to get asked about thyroid a hundred times. You're going to get asked about chronic knee pain a thousand times. And before long, and this is just like my career as a trainer, before long, you hear a majority of the same questions. And this Mm -hmm. is what makes you really good at what you do is, you know, I didn't have all the answers, but I'd get a question and then I'd tell them like, well, I don't know, but I'll find out for you. And then I would go do the research and then I would provide them. Well, once you've done that enough times, there's definitely a, a common theme of questions that you get. Now, if I can just find a way to categorize that for a majority of people, I think I can enhance the experience tremendously for these people by just providing. And we've already done the work. We've done the hard part. Mm. You know, we sat down and spoke for hours where we, you know, Sal sat down for hours and wrote five page articles or we've sat and we've produced YouTube videos. So we've done a lot of the content and some of that we will refine now too. I mean, what's beautiful about what we have here and the team that we have is I can have someone like Ann or Cassie message me and say, hey, 
you know, I've got this lady who, this is the question, I can't find anywhere where we've talked about it, can you rip me out a video? And I could sit down, or Sal can sit down, Doug could fire up one of the cameras, record him in a, a very professionally, audio all done, high end, shoot that over to our editor, editor could have that edited, sent over to her, and now we have an answer to that, and then we can now categorize that. And so once we can start to really organize the back end of the business of all these people that are opting in and provide the same type of service I feel that we've provided with through the podcast, man, I can't wait to see what conversion rates look like. And at that, that's the moment when we will decide when we are blowing away what's expected of, you know, email opt-in conversion rates, when we're blowing those, because I believe that what people, the standards that have been set for you know, conversion rates for email opt-ins is, is extremely very low. very low. I think it's very, very low. Cause when I compare it to, you know, the people that would walk into the gym and how many, if I were to sit X amount of people in front of me and let, if I could get their ear for one hour to talk to them about their health and wellness, I mean, I closed it like 87%. I mean, I, it's not to me, everybody needs the information that I have to give to them. I, it's one way or another. It's just finding out what is it that I have for them, you know, and if I'm generically blasting you with this generic email, it's kind of like I'm just throwing spaghetti on the wall and hoping something stick where I think we can get way more refined. And we, it's, we live in an era now we can, it's so fucking rad. This didn't exist 10 years ago, 10 years ago, I wouldn't be able to do this, but the technology is there now that we can aggregate all this information and we can get way more precise about what we provide for these people. And then when we do that really well, then we'll crank it up. And then, of course, the money will really start to flow. But I think you can't you can't rush to that. I think it's 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 greed that uh, that makes us want to do that. And I think if I was 25, I probably would have made that mistake. Uh, because I was so driven by by money, I think I had to be where I think we all had to. I think when you look at the, I'm the youngest of the group at 37. You know, Justin's 38, Sal's 39, Doug's 90. You know, so uh, we. <laughs> I love it. Just to make sure he's listening over there. <laughs> he looks. You know, we we talk about this all the time. The fucker's the oldest, but he looks the best at all of us, man. So definitely follow. He, he fo does. He follows the. He follows the information we provide better than probably anybody does. So, but yeah, man. I think that if I think if we if we do an incredible job of doing that. Uh, the money just comes and it has, it's proven that way in this business already. And it's, man, it's, it's such a fun, fun ride. I've never had so much fun in my life building something as I have with, with mind pump and, and the guys that I work with my owners that just, they're fucking incredible, dude, Justin. And our relationship really is like what people hear on the podcast. It's as authentic as it can be. I mean, we definitely jab. Yeah, you can't it. fake that. No, you can't, you can't fake that. You can't, you can't. It's, it's as real as can be. We don't always agree. We disagree a lot. We have different things in common and, and we don't like all the same things. And I just, it's such a great time. And everybody is, I've never met a group of three other men that are as confident as, as all these men are and humble at the same time. It's, it's, it, it would never be where it's at if, if that wasn't possible, if we weren't all allowed, if we weren't all able and capable of putting our ego aside, allowing one of the other guys to lead at any given time and being okay with that. It's really fucking a cool thing to be a part of. I, I love leadership 
and I love team. I love sports. I love that. And nothing excites me more when I'm looking at sports or teams and seeing chemistry. And the chemistry is just, it's unbelievable. I knew we had a championship team the minute we all got together because I, I knew it was just a matter of time that everybody would revi- refine their skills and find where they fit in best with the business. And it's definitely paid off. I think you guys are definitely on the money, right? When you talk about the data side of trying to deliver your service, oh, it's music to my ears. Now, when I look at businesses like, I don't know, Hustle, and I think, okay, that's a business that done a great job of engaging customers via email. And I think, you know, if you can make your email authentic and useful and entertaining, that's step one. And I think you guys are going to get there. Working on the data and refining it is step two. But I, you know, I look at, I look at you know, a, a, an effective, well-rounded, experienced personal trainer on like a life coach like you guys are. And I think really you guys are a bit like... Um, healthcare practitioners over here we call them gps general practitioners mm. and they go they go to school for years and years and years to effectively have a library of uh issues symptoms and how to treat said symptoms right you know from all the various diseases and right. ailments and acute issues and the way that they you know in their complex brain pull out what they need based on what they hear from a customer is pretty cool now, there are companies out there, I actually watched a program last week, it's a UK company called Babylon, uh, Babylon Health, and what they're doing is what you're trying to do, but with significant funding. They're basically trying to codify the knowledge base of general practitioners, put it into an AI system, and allow a kind of an automated bot to walk you through a set of questions, and based on your answers, they refine um to the the to, you know the advice and mm-hmm. perhaps diagnosis and what you have to go do that really if you think about it whilst they're spending a lot of money and they're trying to solve a complex problem which needs to be solved because uh, you know healthcare industry is just going to just implode on itself if they right. don't find efficiency what you're trying to do is very similar you're trying to take an obscene amount of knowledge and an obscene amount of content that you've delivered over the last few years and find a way to deliver that at the right time when the client's asking for it. And uh, I think the technology's kind of getting there. And um, I almost feel that, you know, excited about your future if it evolves to the point where, you know, AI is available to you. Now, wow, you can take everything you guys have got in your head with all the enthusiasm, belief and passion and where the business is going and the money that you attract to do something pretty inventive, which is deliver what people need at the right time. Because this industry is so confusing the the things to do are simple but the data is just there's just so much information so much conflicting information oh you and as a newbie trying to navigate that is kind of impossible yeah no you you hit it right on the head i mean this is and we actually already are dabbling with ai stuff so this is definitely the future of mind pump and i really think that what will separate us from a company companies like that is the way we do it um education through entertainment you know something that i think is is tough is to keep the especially with the generation coming up now is to keep the attention of people enough to where they'll listen and get the and hear the information they need to hear i don't know how many Mm -hmm. times i've heard someone tell me that they listened to x amount of episodes and then it was that one 
you know, that they that we finally spoke to them, you know. It's a big time investment to right. do an hour and a half every couple of days with you guys. It's, you know, people haven't got that time, especially if they're subscribed to 10, 20 other different podcasts and they've got books to read and they've got a life to lead and they've got shows to watch. Right. People can't keep up with your stuff and it's fear of missing out. So how, <laughs> how do you solve for that? Well, that's, you know, the first step in that direction was the, the free app that we have, Mind Pump Media. Uh, where you can search topics, right? So if there is a specific topic that you want to learn about or you want to hear about, you just type that up in the uh, the thumbnail or not the thumbnail, but the the toolbar at the top, and it will aggregate all the all the episodes that we have um, or populate all the episodes that we've talked that uh, talked about that topic. So and that's that was just the first step, you know, and and that's a it's a really clunky basic. Um, app that we have right now but the future is to evolve that imagine if you could come into an app and literally put in you know two or three words uh, pertaining to what you want to learn or hear about or your issue that you got going on and what populates you know two blogs one youtube video three podcast episodes you've got a plethora of information awesome. regarding that topic that that pops up and it's all free you know and that that to me is what is really going to drive this business and take it into 2019 and 2020 is going to be the ability for us to do that and do it seamlessly. And it's just, you know, it's steps. Of course, people want that now, and I would love to provide it for them now, but it takes a lot of money, takes a lot of manpower, takes a lot of time to to do that and do it well. And we're in the process of it, and we've been doing it for a while now. And you know, every day I get, I get a little more excited about the future of it and how it's coming together. But absolutely, that is uh, the vision is that exact ability that somebody can come in and type in a question and they will just get all this information. And however you want to digest it, maybe you're a YouTube guy and that's how you like to you like to watch and, and, and you're a visual person or maybe you want to read and you like the way Sal writes and he's, and you want to see the studies that he references because you don't believe anything that you see or hear, right? So you want to see the studies to back up and support it. So then you can read his white paper or the blog that he's written about it, or maybe you're somebody who likes to listen while you're driving. And so then you want to hear us have dialogue about it, where it's not just this preaching to you or telling you it's three guys debating the topic that you're unsure about. And you want to hear my point of view and you want to hear Justin's mm. point of view and you want to hear Sal's point of view. And then from that, you'll decide your own opinion. And so, you know, I think that we're, you guys are, co- you guys are becoming a tech company. <laughs> that, that, that's the, that's the beauty of it, right? Oh, that's you guys what... are personal trainers <laughs> or started off as personal trainers, engaging people on the fundamentals of life, move, right. Right, right. <laughs> Eat the right food, right. get good sleep, you know, think uh, and grow your mind, develop develop your mind. But the reality is to deliver that in today and, and 2019 and 2020, the way you're going to do it to, you know, overcome the noise, the hype, the flash, you know, the bullshit that's out there is to leverage technology. And I would not have thought, honestly, I would not have thought that you guys were leaning in on tech um, the way you are and the way you want to. And that is both overwhelming to hear because you guys think you just think you, you think you guys are just podcasters but to hear you guys are leaning in on that stuff is incredible and it's also very exciting on how you're taking you know what you know and your passion and your excitement and you, you you're asking a question you know how do i deliver value how do how do we stand out and do something different to change people's lives 
and leveraging technology. As much as technology is a pain in the ass and a distraction for the most part for a lot of people, it's this kind of thing that can make a difference. So I applaud you for that, Adam. That is, that is awesome. I can't wait to see what comes out over the next couple of years. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, a lot of people think that we're, we really, the podcast was just the main medium that we use to gain traction. But, you know, since day one, we, the, the umbrella or the main company is Mind Pump Media. And so we always knew we were going to be this media company and we all were, all of us are, you know, into tech. We're all geeky tech guys too. So as, uh, as much as we're health, fitness, workout, muscle head bros, uh, there is another side to all of us that maybe doesn't get revealed as much. And, uh, it's cool to talk to someone like you who actually understands all that and appreciates that and then can ask the right questions. And then you could find out, cause I've actually done a lot of interviews and nobody has gone this direction with me. And I actually appreciate it because I enjoy I, this. I, this is my, this is part of my strength. This is what I like to do. Uh, I can tell that <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's I clear, like. It's clearly yeah. a passion. Oh man, I really do. I really enjoy it. And you know, on the show, sure. I can hang with the science and, and fitness stuff and talk and conversation, but I really enjoy uh, building a business. I really am fascinated with where we are with technology and AI and what we're capable of. And that is exactly why I thought podcasting was such an interesting medium. I mean, we were watching it, I think, uh, earlier than most people, especially in the fitness space. And so, yeah, no, this is definitely, we're definitely a tech company. And that's, I mean, then you can move that even further. I know we've talked a lot about helping people and I, I think that's our why. Then you get into uh, advertising and, and that's when advertising will get fun for me is, you know, now I can take my my audience and I can or I can tell a, a you know, a potential sponsor that, hey, you know, you have a product, for example, a company that we're talking to right now are these these uh, healthy flavored water, no artificial sweeteners, all organic type of juice boxes for kids like and I don't have kids, so I don't I'll never buy that shit. I don't care. But Justin and Sal do. And. And we're and they talk a lot about their family and kids. Well, you know, we now have the technology to where I can segment, and we're getting there on our side. But soon I'll be able to go to a, pro, a company like that and say, "Hey, I have thirty-seven thousand uh, moms with you know two to three kids with household incomes of X amount of dollars that I think would absolutely love your product, and for X amount of dollars, I will include your your product on our newsletter." as a suggestion and it'll be great because one we'll be able to uh, make good money doing that uh, we can show them a great return because of that we don't have to be pushy and salesy it'll just be there as an option on a free newsletter a free thing that we're already giving to people it won't uh it won't hurt anybody won't piss anybody off or and it won't be sent out to some single guy who's a businessman who's traveling and mm -hmm. doesn't give two shits about it right so yeah, it'll it'll evolve even the way we we make money, and and I, I'll feel good about it the way we make money. I, I think that's an exciting thing that not a lot of people talk about either. I know it's it's important that we talk about the why and the value in people, but I mean I'm a business guy too. How do we make money? And that's a way that that will allow us to make more money and do it in a way that I think uh, we can keep our integrity while we do it. Who would have thought it, right? Who would have thought three PTs <laughs> are doing what they're doing today? Honestly, I'm I'm so impressed hearing this the behind the scenes stuff. Adam, I, I, I appreciate the time you've given me to I was hoping we'd walk through the fitness industry, your online business, the future of mind pump, and you've done all of that organically without me kind of seeding much question. So 
really grateful. I think we've touched on all the things I, I cared about on those pieces. But if you've got a few more minutes, I just wanted to just dig a little deeper in in you, the man, because I, you know, I think you're inspiring me, uh, and I think you inspire a lot of people with your humbleness, uh, with your care, uh, with your business acumen, uh, with your salesmanship. But I would like to know, Adam, um, what would Katrina say you struggle with? Right? And I know you're quite open and honest, and we know your strengths, right? We know you're a sales guy. We know you're a businessman. We know you're a good PT. We know you're a good communicator. Um, but I also know that you've struggled with, uh, you know, some depression and, you know, testosterone issues that can, you know, fuck up your mojo. But right, if she had to be frankly honest with me and say, this is where Adam these are his demons or this is what he struggles with mm. or this is what doesn't come naturally to him what would she say what a what a great way to ask that question i think that's uh, so good because it really does challenge uh how i answer this i mean i think that katrina if she were to and trust me she is quick to do this this is why i love her i mean she by no means holds she is not the wifey at home who just tells me how great I am all the time, she will absolutely call me on my bullshit. And I think if she were to say uh, something about me, my weakness or, or critique me, it would be with my empathy. Um, and I, I don't, I, because of what I came from and the adversity that I had to overcome to get where I'm at in my life, it's my greatest strength, but it's also my greatest weakness. And I say this on the podcast a lot, um, not this answer, but that, you know, your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. And, I agree. And I think that because of that, it, because of all the adversity, because of all the shit that I went through, it's forged me into the man that I am today. And I, it's 100%. Uh, this is a result of, of all of that. Now, because of that, I really lack empathy for the complainers, the whiners, the poor me's, the, you know, oh, this happened to me, like to the extreme, to the point where when anybody has a rough time, I have a hard time uh, having empathy and feeling for them and, you know, maybe saying the right thing. So I can that be- su That surprised me, Adam. And, yeah. and the reason it surprises me is because you do demonstrate a lot of sincerity and compassion and your natural communicative style would suggest that you can make people feel good. But what you're saying is, uh, what I think I'm hearing is you can do that, but you struggle to sympathize when people are being well as me. And right. if that's the case, I, I think one of, the, one of the same. I, str I struggle with that too, to the point that it is my least, uh, it's my, <laughs> it's my anti-strength. <laughs> of all the things I've got, I've had a, I've got a list of all the kind of talents I have. Right at the bottom is harmonizing and um, sympathizing. But I, to, tell me what, why, why, how, how does it present itself? How does a lack of sympathy? Well, I think that's what it is. I don't know if it's empathy. I think it's sympathy. How does that present itself, and how does it get you in trouble? So, and Katrina, and the reason why I think it was great that you presented it the way you did is because. Uh, you know, obviously she's one of my greatest reflections because I'm with her every single day. And she, even though we're not married, she absolutely is like my wife. And, 
you know, she will be the first to let me know. For example, she just uh, went through this this major surgery and she had a cyst on her ovaries and it, it put her down. And she's she's a rock, man. I mean, she's definitely uh, the rock in our relationship and she handles so much of the household stuff. And, you know, I, when that happens, I definitely pick up the slack, but then I'm not very attentive to her needs. Now, that's an example with her. But this example bleeds over even in in business. You You're know, not attentive to her, her her needs. What do you mean by that? You you just weren't you weren't paying attention to when she just needed a cuddle or needed right needed something from the kitchen or right. What, you just weren't aware that she was in pain. What do you mean by that? Right. So I think that you know, okay, I'm attentive enough to know that she can't do all the things around the house. So I'm taking care of the dogs. I'm the one who's cleaning the house. I'm doing all the things that I know that she normally would do, but I'm I'm also not taking into consideration that she's probably also feeling down and out and my touch and the things I say to her could probably really help her. And I, these are things I know because I can reflect and I can look back and I also know my own habits and patterns and it's something that I'm actively always working on. But as a default, I've learned to become numb to to weakness or pain or sad or any of these things and again because it's been a strength of mine it served me so well over years to get to where i am today but then it hurts me in situations like that when my partner could use more of my empathy or use more of my my uh encouragement and the same thing goes for like when i'm at work you know if uh, I, I can be really, I'm probably the roughest one at all of us to talk to. Um, you know, what I love about all the men that I work with and the women that I work with is everybody is very, very strong. And we've fostered a culture around um, raw truth and speak your mind. And if you are unhappy with something, say something. I think I'm one of the main drivers of that <laughs> because I never hold back. If there, if tough love, huh? Yeah. If if there is something that I don't like your that you're doing, I will not allow it to fester. I will not put it aside and say, you know, this isn't bothering me. And I'll give you an example of something that that was really tough for me, and it also evolved me into a better man when we first started. When we first started, I'm the only one with no kids and no family, and every business I've built before that has been successful. Part of that is because I've had this ability to put my head down and grind and work until it's where I want it to be. And I, do, I can totally shut the rest of the world off and do that. And here I am with three other men that are incredible fathers and family men and successful. And they're at a place in their life where it's not just about money. They've made lots of money. They also want to create balance in their life and they want to be great, continue to be great fathers. And that trumps the success of a business. That was really fucking hard for me. Really hard. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it, but what it did, which is incredible where we're at now, you know, and we literally worked, Mind Pump has built, has been built to this size off of four guys working nine to two inside, <laughs> inside the studio. Like that 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. has been like the work schedule since we have started. And that used to just drive. Now, that doesn't mean that all of us don't go home and, you know, diddle on other parts of the business. There's always work being done. But I wanted us to fucking camp out. <laughs> I wanted to pitch a tent, 
Nobody leaves work <laughs> until this Four thing. Nonsense. Yeah, until <laughs> until this thing's generating millions of dollars. Nobody goes home. Like that was, and I was really adamant about that. And I and I, I know uh, I would speak that a lot. And I get really, and a lot of that was because I lacked the empathy for them. And you know what has allowed that to bleed into me and has helped me grow is to see that. Like I, I, I'm inspired by the three of them and the way they are as fathers. And I know that one day I will be, and even if I'm not going to be, I know that other people should inspire to be like these, these men. And I respect that so much about them that it isn't just about the money, that that is an important thing. And they, and they have stood their ground that that's something that's important to them. And I respect that about them. And it's also forced me to become more organized because I've only got this window of nine to two mm-hmm. that I can accomplish things with all of us together as a group. So it's also taken one of my weaknesses, which is time management and organization. And it's, it's elevated that to a new level. So I'm extremely blessed to have been served with that situation, uh, been shown that as it's a weakness of mine and given me the opportunity to grow and learn for, through that. But if you were to ask Katrina, she would definitely say that I'm very hard on people. You know, I'm, uh, I have this ability to, you know, once you cross me or once I've made the decision up that I don't want you in my life, or I, I, I don't think that you see the value that I provide in yours. It's not hard for me to, to walk away from a relationship. And again, I think that's a strength of mine. Uh, like, that's probably why you, if you were to ask Katrina, her and I would go back and forth on some things. So sometimes she's like, damn, like, you know, take it easy on, on that person. I said, no, it's, I've given this, I've given that, I've given this. After I've done that so many times, now, now I'm done. Uh, now what, I, what I'm hearing there, Adam, is that you've got high standards um, of yourself. You, you probably put that on others absolutely. without meaning to. Uh, you have high expectations of today and, and the future. You put that on others as well. And you don't, you struggle to tolerate anything beneath that standard. And sometimes that comes through either aggressive or a bit of tough love or without the kind of soft edges. And if <laughs> if that is the case, I mean, bloody hell, that, that is my life. The amount of people I've made cry or got frustrated or who are my enemies as a result of me not understanding how to get the best out of people because I'm operating in one mode, one speed. Let's go as fast as you can, get shit done, be a perfectionist. Don't don't stop until it's perfect. And putting out on other people who don't have your same standards in those things, but perhaps are better in other areas and not seeing their skills for what they are and leveraging their talents. Uh, it's probably been my biggest regret in my career today is that I've not, I've not, I hadn't adapted early enough to see where I was being a bulldozer. But it sounds like you, you hear that, you see it, you were quick to answer the question, and I'm, um, I, I get a lot of empathy coming over the mic from you generally in all the episodes I've listened. So I think you're probably doing yourself a slight disservice. <laughs> At the same time, you you expect a lot from yourself, and you've got a lot of internal accountability. And therefore, you don't need others to be successful, but they need you. So, how do you how do you balance that relationship so they they get all the goodness of you in their life? Right. I, I definitely think you're you're right on with that. Is is and I it, here's a, and this is the battle that Katrina because we talk about this a lot, and I also think this is why her and I are in each other's life because I think that she's the opposite. I think she allows people to kind of take advantage of her her too long. 
and she needs to stand up for herself more because she's just amazing. I mean, she's the type of person. Um, this is what we had in common. give. Yeah, she'll and she'll walk into a company or walk into a place, and she just will light the whole place up. You can't say a bad thing about her. And this was something that I, I had the the same kind of aura about me when I entered a club or a new business or a new facility is I really truly impacted everybody's lives. And I think that I have just maybe been taken advantage of more or longer than she has. And so I have that experience. And so we kind of go back and forth on this where, you know, we will disagree. Sometimes she's saying that I need to be more empathetic or I need to be this way. And I, and I say back to her, no, you know, okay, I can see where you're coming from at the same time too. I think this is an area that you allow people too long to take advantage of you. And I'm trying to tell you that, you know, there's a certain point where you have to value yourself and know that, listen, your, your time is better spent doing this X, Y, and Z. And if you're spending it there constantly giving to these people that are leeching off of you, that will eventually emotionally drain you. And it, I've been in a place already where that has happened. You know, I worked for a company probably about four years longer than I should have because mm -hmm. I knew that they were leeching off of me and not, um, valuing what I was bringing to the table. And that was a great learning lesson for me. And I, I think you're right. I think that, you know, I, I don't, I don't always, I'm sure that I cross the line sometimes where, um, you know, it might hurt somebody's feelings or Katrina might look at it and be like, ah, you, you could have been a little bit softer about the way you delivered that. And I, and I definitely take heed to that. When she tells me something like that, I, I evaluate and go, okay, I still could have got the desired outcome I wanted, which was to sever the relationship or move forward. I probably didn't have to throw a jab on the way out. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, uh, so yeah. that's where we kind of make this, we have this beautiful relationship where even if I don't fully agree with her that, no, I, I think I did the right thing, where I will always listen to her is that, could I have done it a better way and still got the desired outcome that I wanted? And that is something that, I've refined as I've gotten older is, you know, there, and that's just the battle with the ego. You know, my ego, when I make that decision that I'm moving on or severing a relationship, you know, I want to, you know, your ego wants to throw the jab. You know, the ego wants to be mm -hmm. like, not only am I moving on from you, but I'm also fuck you on the way out where it's like, <laughs> that wasn't necessary, you know, to do that. And because I had already made up in my mind that this is a bridge I no longer want to cross. So I have no problem lighting it on fire. I think that I would go ahead and do that and I would be fine with it. But again, everybody else's perception is something that I'm not taking into consideration. And that's something that the podcast has given me. And that's something that Katrina gives me really well is that now when I say something on air, you know, I can go back and listen to it and I can analyze it and go like, okay, fucked. I did sound kind of like an asshole. It's so uh, therapeutic. Isn't oh, it? it is. No, <laughs> so it's, therapeutic. it is provided. I, I've grown more personally in the last three years than I did the previous 34 years. I mean, nothing will, nothing like self, self-reflection or self-awareness will be accelerated, like listening to yourself on a podcast that you know is being delivered to tens of thousands of people. And so that <laughs> has really, really helped me grow and see more of that. And then also understand where, and that's what she will say to me. She'll say, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm not saying that you know, you weren't being empathetic or you didn't get your desired outcome. I'm just saying this is what it sounds like or this is the mm. way it comes off. And so and that's you, you, you need that. You you absolutely. need to hear how you sound, whether it's <laughs> through recording or other people just giving you tough love and shooting you straight and coming from a place of love versus, 
you know, just critique just to shoot you down and, you know, drop you down a peg or two. Right. But it sounds like, it sounds like Adam, that you are, you know, you are each other's yin and yang. You're your masculine and female energy, you know. She's got talents where you lack. You've got talents where she lacks. Hey, maybe you don't need her to have your talents. Maybe actually it would ruin the relationship if she did. In actual fact, you know, you kind of blend together perfectly and you, you're each other's self-awareness where you lack self-awareness on X, Y, and Z, she picks you up on it. But she's not asking you to be the best or be like her in that area because right. it's not natural to you. Right. But having that mirror that your partner pull, puts up on you to say, this is how you're showing up, is fantastic, man. So look, I, 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 will, I, look, I just, you know, keep her, <laughs> keep her happy. <laughs> and um, and I, would, I would say, I would, if you do get time, there's something that I've done before where we've both, both done a psychometric test and it was mind-blowing to see we literally were the polar opposites of each other. We didn't realize it. And, you know, I was beating, beating her up like mentally around, like, why can't you be like this, be like me? And she'd be doing the same to me. And now we've just accepted it. It's like, you can't do this. It's not in your nature right. to be an organizer or be future-oriented or be, you know, go-getter. But at the same time, I'm not the guy who can be harmonizing, people developer, you know, just be hugely empathetic. But as a pair... We're unstoppable, right? And it sounds like that's what you guys have got. Oh, 100%. So much so much of my success, especially in the last eight, I mean, we've been together now. We just were, this week will be eight years. So, you know, she is, she's definitely my rock. And, and a lot of the success and personal growth has been because of that. And you're absolutely right. I think that uh, her strengths are my weaknesses and my strengths are her weaknesses. And we do, I would never try and change her to be like me and, and vice versa. I think that it's, that that's why it works so well. Hey, we try, right. we try, but <laughs> you got to check yourself. Adam, I know we're, 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 we're running long. I want to close on one last question. And I'm thinking you, you've probably got something in your head for this, which is who, who is, um, Adam becoming as a man how would you like to be described in 20 years from now right I'm not saying you're on your deathbed let's hope not <laughs> yeah, but as people reflect on the value you provided who you've become and who you are 20 years from now how would you like people to talk about Adam mm. you know I we were asked about uh, what we wanted our legacy to to be when we left and my answer, and I've had this since I was young, uh, and I don't know if it's because I've dealt with a lot of death from a, a young age but and been to a lot of funerals, but I've always thought about my funeral, as weird as that may sound. And the one thing that I've always envisioned is it in like a football arena worth of people. And when I really unpack that, and what does that mean? Does that mean I'm popular? Because I don't really give a shit about that. No, it's that I've impacted so many lives that they would be willing to take the time out of their day to come and memorialize me or to say something nice about me because I've impacted their lives fundamentally like that. And to me, that can mean a whole plethora of things. You know, it could have been I'm somebody who has added joy and entertainment in your life. It could be I'm somebody who has fundamentally changed it because of your health and fitness where you're at and now you're on a whole different track it could be a, a relationship that we've forged a mentorship that i've created with you um, it could be somebody who is 
Uh, it could be anything. It doesn't matter to me wh- why you're there so much, just that you would take the time to be there because I've impacted your life that much. And, you know, I've been to quite a few funerals that have, of family and friends and stuff and where there's hardly anybody there. And I think about that and I think, man, mm-hmm. this person's passed and, you know, 20 people showed up. Like, I, I don't want that. Like, I, I don't want, I don't want to leave this place and only 20 people feel like it's worth taking the time off of work or 20, 20 people decided that they, they would reschedule their weekend to come and say goodbye. Like I, I, I want it to be to a place where so many fucking people want to pay their respects or want to show their love for all that I've given for so many years of my life that it would fill up a, a football arena. And I know that sounds crazy because by no means when I had these visions and thoughts, did I envision me being uh, famous? It was never like that. It was just that, you know, I'm, I'm in a job, I'm in a profession where I have the opportunity to touch people's lives and truly fundamentally change them and help them. And if I do a really fucking good job of that, I would think that, you know, a certain percentage of them will be impacted enough that they would show up on that day. And so really that's what it means to me. I don't, I don't really care so much what they say about me. Like if they show up to that, 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 that's enough to me to know that I, I, I did something in their life that they would come and they would show up for that. And that to me, um, that means everything. That's my legacy. That's my everything to me is that can I, can I impact people that much that you don't forget me, you know? Hmm. Well put, Adam. Well put. It sounds like you, it's, it, it could come across egotistic, but you've described it in a way which clearly isn't about ego. For me, it feels like whilst you're here, you want to make a positive difference to, and I'm going to sound corny here, but a positive difference to human evolution. Right. And, and I know that sounds bizarre because, like, you know, we've evolved through millions of years. And how can one man over a span of, you know, 60, 80, 100 years impact the trajectory of human species? But I believe men are doing, men and women are doing that all day long. People are having the level of impact, whether it's technology, whether it's innovation, whether it's just looking after ourselves more, you know, get, getting rid of disease. You know, you're, you are part of a crowd of people, a growing set of leaders that are trying to unpick many mistakes we've made over the last 70 when it comes to nutrition and fitness and looking after ourselves. And as you kind of lean in on technology and you, you continue to develop your craft of communicating and touching and moving people, you know, could you impact enough people that, you know, people say he's at a, he's a force for good. He's made a difference in the direction of travel that we humans go down. And I think in some small way, you could probably own that. And I think, it's the impact that what I'm hearing you want to, you know, you want, you want to be known for is that you have made an impact. How big, I'm not sure how big an impact you want to make, but it sounds you, you just, it sounds you want to make a big impact based on the, the yeah. football stadium. Analogy. No, I think, I think you said it eloquently. I really do. I think it's, it is. And I, and I'm careful about how I present that because it, it can come off like I, I, I want to be famous and, and if you don't know me, you might think that, but you know, I think after listening to the conversation you and I have had, like this, this isn't about me. 
you know, I don't, uh, if I did, I would, I would care about, you know, the, the Instagram following or, or being famous like that, or wanting to be the front runner and known as the guy, like, no, nah, I, I don't want that at all. In fact, I, I look forward to the day that, um, uh, that, like I said, people don't even know that I have anything to do with mind pump unless you listen to the podcast part of the business. I really want to fundamentally change and impact that many lives that it would potentially fill up an arena worth of people. And really it's, it's less about the number of people like that and, and more of the impact. I mean, I, I went to Katrina's stepfather passed away two years ago and it was probably one of the most impactful funerals that I ever been to because it was the first one, one that was of that size. I think he had like three, 400 people there and it was a celebration of his life. And that to me was like, that's, how I want to go out. Like <laughs> I want, I want people to, to celebrate that the impact that I either made on their lives or on society or a movement like we were doing, like, and talk about it and laugh about it and enjoy, like, I don't want it to be this sad bummer thing. It's like, man, this guy was cool. We need more people in our, in the world like this to continue to evolve us, like you're saying. And I think you said it really well. I've loved this conversation, Adam. Thank you for putting aside an hour and a half plus to go back and forth and open up. And hopefully you've had a discussion that isn't the same as every other no, discussion this you've was, had. this was incredible. We've gone a bit off the I've, beaten track a little no, bit, but I've done I appreciate a that. I've done a ton of, of interviews and this is probably my favorite that I've done for sure in a, in a long time, if ever because not a lot of people take me the direction that you went. And it's, uh, it's been really refreshing uh, to have this conversation and we'll absolutely do it again. Cool. That means a lot. I'm going to put in the show notes all, all the bits and pieces about Mind Pump, so we need not close on that now. So guys, Doug, uh, Adam, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, crack on with 2018 and 2019. I wish you all the best and I hope we keep in touch. Awesome. We will. Cool. Take care, guys. All right. If you enjoy this show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps. And of course, recommend us to any friends or family who you think might also enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. This is Adapt Nation.